following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to episode 50 of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. With me, as always, is my co-host, my younger brother, Benjamin How's Torres. How's it going? How you doing, buddy? It's good to see you, man. Oh, man, 50. The big I, five. I know, dude. I can't believe I've been doing this for over a year now, first of all, but yeah. I can't believe there have been 50 episodes. There are so many times this year where I was like... I don't know if this is going to go past this point. I don't know no, if I have yeah. any more ideas with this, but the show has grown and like become something I truly just look forward to every week yeah. and it's just built into my schedule all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but thank you who support uh, to everybody who supported us so far. Um, we usually average about, you know, 10,000 listeners a month. So that's that's yeah, really that's awesome, awesome for the show and really we're is. we're really really blessed for that. And uh, thank you to anybody who's ever been a guest on this episode or even who started at uh, the groundwork for it and, yeah, and really contributed to the show. So thank you. And thank you to Cheeseman, who Jeez, man. in the ever-growing events of his life. So <laughs> if you listened last week, we were supposed to go see Morbius and go review Morbius because we've been hearing good things, we've been hearing bad things, and we just want to know what the heck is up with this movie. So... In the ever-changing events of his life, he was exposed to someone with COVID <laughs> a day before we were supposed to go see it. It sucks. So episode 50 was going to be a review of that. But instead, the stars aligned and we got something I feel is so, so, so much better. Oh, way better. Um, something weird about podcasting is you never know who genuinely wants to do your show or who doesn't. Um, sometimes people are just saying it. Sometimes, you know, you're afraid to approach people and be like, hey, I yeah, want to do my podcast. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. But this man has been asking to do the podcast since day one and has been so genuine about it that when he was listening this past week, he texted me to ask when he's coming on. And I said, Friday at 630. And he said, absolutely. So I am so happy to have on today. One of the most, I actually, I'm sorry, the most talented illustrator I've ever seen. Um, he is a fantastic art teacher. He is a baseball fanatic. He loves movies and TV shows more than anybody I've ever seen and is one of my biggest inspirations for acting, 100%, I would say. Uh, um, and most importantly, he is mine and Ben's father. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, for episode 50, our guest is Carlos Torres. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the Thanks for having me. That was legend. quite an introduction that I, I'm afraid to live up to now. I mean, I, I think you'll live up to the hype for this episode. No. I really okay. do. Yeah, I uh, I'll have to, to take your word for that, but, you know, I may drop dead tonight and not know, <laughs> not know what to do tomorrow. So. Oh, good Lord. Uh, well, thanks for having me. It's good, really good to have you on. I'm so happy that you were genuinely interested in coming on here. Well, yeah. you know what? First of all, I was extremely impressed by 
what I heard. Of course, I was I was actually shocked to know that there were fifty episodes. Well, <laughs> that this is the fiftieth episode. Yeah. And the most shocking part is that I've I've actually listened to about two of them. <laughs> so it, it really, um, but it impressed me enough to realize, man, these guys are doing something fun and exciting, and they're really enjoying it. And it's mm-hmm. it's all it's all positive, and it's uh, it's a great outlet. Well, one of the things, yeah, it, it's it's been a learning experience, like I said, because one of the things I learned through the process, you know, I started with having guests every week and like booking a guest. Right. But the hard thing about doing that and then booking it yourself is that eventually you're going to run out of people. Oh, <laughs> well, you do. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I was kind of I kind of hit a wall and then, you know, I was doing that show at JRT. So I kind of got involved in life a little bit again so I didn't know where to go from there and then when Ben and Steve started coming on more frequently mm-hmm. it made it more fun again because I at least had somebody I knew I could fall back on so easily like me and Ben never run out of stuff to talk about no ever sure never yeah never. and you know each other so well so you can mm-hmm. kind of feel each other's vibe and that's something that uh, helps make any any entertainment. Uh, you know, you you get a group of musicians on a stage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they all know each other's work, and mm-hmm. it's easy to to mesh. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you know, the same holds true for any any uh, any media venue like this. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you'd mesh with the people that you know best. Yeah, and yeah, so absolutely. you know, having me on, of course, is is uh, easier for me, too, because I think I know you guys. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I would say so. Fairly well. But I will I say this. The first one to swear gets their mouth washed out with soap. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right, mark that. I'm waiting. <laughs> that's going to be a point in the episode right there. To do it now. Just, uh, I'll, I will, I'll tell you what, I'll be the human bleep. Okay? <laughs> when you swear, I'll just... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That'll work. I've been meaning to add a censor button for certain parts <laughs> yeah. of the show because I think it'll just heighten the humor at certain Because as parts you know, I never swear. <laughs> never. Oh, never. And, never. Uh, never. And that is just uh, something I'm very proud of. No, yeah. <laughs> you never watch shows that swear or anything? N- none at all. No, I never, never show any. Never. Show you guys any explicit content, anything oh, like never. that. Um, never. I want to know who cut the cheese. <laughs> I have sworn off from Deadwood. Too uh, much yeah, swearing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Too many C words <laughs> of all kinds. And, they, and they're never Carlos. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool that they could make um, a Deadwood sequel so long after the fact and still have it be so good. Oh, it, it's, it, it's, that's one of your favorites, right, oh, as far as Westerns? It is definitely one of my Wait, favorites. hang on. They made a sequel? Well, well, that's Deadwood they, is the prequel to Lonesome Dove. No, no, As, no, no, right? No, which no. one's the, which one's the one that's no, no. the prequel? 1883. 1883. 1883. 1883 is is the prequel to Yellowstone. To Yellowstone, that's yeah. what that is. So oh. it's yeah. all, and it's all oh. paramount. No, Lonesome Dove was just a fantastic book that they turned into a. Uh, a TV miniseries, but as they, they used have, to call them. Wasn't there a series that was like that predated Lonesome? I remember them watching an episode and them mentioning Lonesome Dove in like an episode. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I, mm, I, I don't think. Uh, well, 
Did you hear me say it? Is is that what you're? No, I think I remember them in an episode. I just recently it. compared 1883 Lonesome Dove. That might be what I'm thinking. Of it them. was oh. um, to me Lonesome Dove. Uh, what they did, the book was, by the way, fantastic. And, sure, and it yeah. was an easy read at 700 pages. It was oh, wow. for me because it's sure. just mm-hmm. a page turner. Uh, when they turned it into a uh, the miniseries. It starred uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Duvall. Um, it was just an amazing show that there had been nothing like it on TV mm-hmm. uh, oh, prior to the early days, say, like, you know, way before your time when they had shows like Rawhide and, sure, and uh, John Wayne movies. Oh, might yeah. have Might have come close to some of the stuff, like The Searchers is a great Western. But, you know... 1883 mm. just beats the pants off of all that stuff. Oh, really? You know, and I'm a big Western fan, but this was this was a show that was um, it was really poetic. It was um, it was tragic mm-hmm. in many many ways, and uh, but it was it just kept you wanting to see what was going to happen next with each episode. You've been talking it up so much. I have to watch it. Yeah, you got to watch it. And it is the prequel to Yellowstone. Okay. But, you know, Yellowstone, as good as it is, it's really soap. Mm -hmm. It's it's soap opera. 1883, on the other hand, is a true Western that showed you what the struggles were for a group of uh, migrants that came from Europe, actually, and wanted to settle out in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it's that's the basis for this incredible story. So is that what it's If you haven't about, seen though? it, it, it is. And, and, and it tells about how the, um, the, the people that got to where they uh, settled mm-hmm. became the setting for the Dutton Ranch, which is the family in Yellowstone, which stars Kevin Costner. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Kevin Costner. Yeah. So, yeah, just so in short, that's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible story. Mm. It's an incredibly well-made series Mm -hmm. and it is just amazing. You know, I I was just I loved it. Yeah. So, and that means that means so much coming from you, honestly, as the Western fan you are, and how I've known you through my entire oh, yeah. life I mean, is being enthralled oh, with yeah. that. I, I love westerns. I love well, I love movies and and entertainment in general. Mm. Um, you know, some of my favorite western stars of you know are all the typical western stars. You know. Clint Eastwood, I'm a huge fan of Clint Clint Eastwood. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I I love those, a lot of the old (laughs) westerns, but um, they don't really make them anymore, not the way they did back then. But this this really came pretty close, and it's it's Taylor Sheridan that's Mm. writing a lot of this stuff. Uh, He wrote a movie called Hell and Come Hell or High Water, or Hell or High Water, Mm. uh, which... uh, also, also starred, um, which starred Ben Foster and uh, uh, what's his name that plays Captain Kirk in the new Star Wars uh, uh, Star, Star Trek. Trek? Movies. Oh, oh, um, I, I can, I can uh, look that up. Yeah, real quick. it's uh, it, it eludes me. Yeah, Chris he, Pine. Chris Pine. Chris yeah, Pine. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Very good, Ben. He's yes. right off the top I know. of his head. <laughs> Ben's good Chris with that. Chris Pine. So. Um, he. Uh, both of these guys star in this uh, Hell or High Water, which was, again, another 
modern Western, actually, about a pair of uh, brothers that go on this uh, on this bank robbery spree. But um, oh, the story kind of leads to understanding why they do it, mm. and uh, okay. and you kind of can't blame them, and you're you're kind of rooting for the bad guys right. at yeah. this point. You I know? love it. So Actually, it's it's stuff like that because. Uh, that makes this guy such a great writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually a movie coming out that's kind of, it's not a Western, obviously, but it kind of has the similar thing. It has uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, I, I'm not sure who the other actor is, actually, but um, it's they do a bank robbery in L.A., and then I guess they steal an ambulance, and... Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, and some, yeah. yeah, and someone's in that I saw the, I saw oh, yeah, a trailer you, for yeah, that. Yeah, the trailer yeah. was on when we saw Batman. Oh, that's yeah, right. That, uh, it, I think, <laughs> is it called the Ambulance? You mean, yeah. Yeah, I think it is Ambulance. When yeah. we just saw Batman and didn't see the, and didn't hear Batman at first, which. <laughs> yeah, is... you know, what was up with that? What was that? that? Was I never told, I never told that full story on here. I only touched on the fact that we saw it again. Yeah, but... we saw it, but you know, part of the movie experience oh, is going there and actually seeing the trailers, but you also are supposed to hear the trailers. I kept watching, I kept expecting someone to come up and just start signing the trailers I know. you know <laughs> with their Honestly. hands because i thought maybe they were yeah we were in know, the wrong theater we yeah. were in the wrong theater and they were they were catering to a group of of you know <laughs> deaf uh, people yeah but we should have we should have known that was going to be a crazy experience when we walked in and the previews just had no sound whatsoever yeah no sound whatsoever and then i'm getting pelted by popcorn behind <laughs> us um, it, but you know what? Speaking of Batman, I, 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 I'm, I'm happy to be here at your 50th, uh, as your 50th episode, but I did not come empty handed. What do you mean? I came bearing gifts. Oh my God. Right. What? what right. I was, I was wondering, wondering why you brought this bag. Why I have you. this made in bag. You thought maybe kidding. I, I, I bought you a, uh, some kind of saucepan. Ooh, maybe. That. As a, it you know, would be a good saucepan <laughs> if you're using made in. Oh? Okay. Little. What is this? All right. So I have one for each of you. This one is for Ben. Oh, oh my God. Holy what? crap. You finished them. Oh. And this Holy one's for you. Holy shit. Oh, my God. To those listening right now... Oh my God, <laughs> Dad! Holy! Now uh, I'm wow. anxious for you to read the read the inscription, Dan. Dan, read the inscription oh, on yours. Yeah. I, okay, so I have to. I, I'm gonna read it, but I have to read it in the way it's supposed to be read. Okay. This is. Where I, I, I have so, to. I have to because I can't so read it. Well, you might want to first describe what you're seeing. Well, okay. So I'm saying, yeah. Let me let me do that first because I'm I'm bouncing a million places right now. <laughs> so what my dad just handed us out of this bag that he brought are these framed prints of Robert Pattinson's Batman, so the new Batman with the title behind it in black and gray, and it looks. Absolutely beautiful, but it's a it's a caricature that it's I drew. A, yeah, yeah it's but it's it, but it's his own drawing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, 
I w- it's impossible to describe how amazing this is right now, just he through the microphone. But I'll fantastic. I'll post this with the episode too, so people can really get a good look at everything. <laughs> this is but amazing. The inscription on it, it, the inscription on it says "To Dan," and then in quotes, "Give me that file." <laughs> Love that. <laughs> And it could I not thought, mean more. You know, I, as I wrote it, I began laughing because I, I heard uh, the, that last episode and uh, that you recorded. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, your last podcast. And you, there was a little bit of that. Give me that file. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Perfect. In there. And uh, and I just kept, it kept just bringing me back. So as I wrote that, I just began laughing. Yeah. Because <laughs> it really was such a staple. The other one was Bane, like, I will break you. Oh, my God, yeah. That's yeah. another one. And then for Ben, describe what I wrote please, for you, Ben. Please, Oh, ben. yeah, yeah. He wrote, to Ben. The angriest Batman ever. Love, Dad. <laughs> That's now, gonna also be with this episode now. Like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna clip that picture. That in there. picture, okay? Because that is a reference to a photo that we've had floating around in our family of very oh, young Ben man. wearing his Batman oh. pajamas. Apparently. Looks like he didn't get what he wanted for Christmas or something. It had to be something, something like that. And he was he he was shot in a picture that uh, has him looking very quite fuming. You know, the only time I've seen him look that angry was when he posed for me as uh, as the Punisher. Oh yeah, when I did that Punisher. Makeup oh for you, God. man. That and was a great. He was, awesome. He was uh, very upset. You guys had killed it that year with that costume. He looked that just like John Bernthal's Punisher. Yeah. I wear it all the time. Yeah, actually. it was that was good. That's fun to make. Uh, over the years, though, I've made a, a few of them. Remember the year that all of you guys were uh, the cast of uh, the Incredibles. The Incredibles. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget that, that was year. Awesome. And you were. Uh, I was Frozone. You were Frozone. And was, ben was Dash. Ben Dash. was Dash. Because he had no choice. And then John was Syndrome, John right? Was syndrome. Right. Yeah. John was that was, Syndrome. Yeah, you were always so creative. with. That's what I, this is a nice, you actually just segued us nicely into the creativity side of, of this <laughs> podcast, too. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for this, because this means more than Seriously, we could possibly thank you. express. Because this is awesome. We know, well, we know the personal touch that, you put into this and the meaning you put well, into all I, I'm, of this. So I'm, that... I'm kind of upset that I, I, I left my phone. At, I did the ultimate geezer thing, folks. I left my phone <laughs> at home. Um, I left my glasses. I left everything at home. But um, And then I actually, on the way in, I, I thought I saw you in your car pulling up on the other side of Vandervoort, and I waved at you. You know, um, I've been there, done that. Strangers that probably, but again, you know, I'm I'm turning sixty four, <laughs> so I can't see, I can't hear, I leave things at home, and uh, but um, you know, I was going to say that uh, uh, on my phone I have images of these new, you know, I did all the football posters. Yeah, last yeah, year. And uh, during the football season, I, I sold all these, you know, Josh Allen images that were just a big hit. Tons, yeah. Uh, I Thanks. sold uh, Stefan Diggs, um, 
Then uh, the last one was Cole Beasley, which I didn't sell too many of, and <laughs> and I don't expect I'll be selling any more of those. <laughs> not any, not any but, bills. Um, but they sure. were all cool. They were sort of formatted as. Uh, Sort of like uh, the cover of an old newspaper or something like that. Yeah. And so I've now segued, speaking of segueing, <laughs> into baseball. And so I've just oh, okay. finished yeah. a uh, a P. Alonzo, which... Yeah, you were sending me pictures of that Oh, one. really? Turned out pretty cool. Your mother, I showed it to her just before I left the house um, this evening and... She loved it. Mm. I just, uh, I did a uh, Roberto Clemente, Ooh. which okay. I think will sell pretty good. And I also just started, actually, there are several that I've begun, and uh, I just um, almost done with a Jacob de Grom. Ooh, very nice. Which is actually, yeah. should look pretty good. Mm. But um, but yeah, but these, these Batman that was well. I showed you that drawing a long time ago. You did, but yeah. I never saw the finished and product. And I planned on doing exactly what I did with it, so this it worked awesome. out pretty well. That looks gorgeous. The it way does. the way the symbol um, is going through, just like the title. Yeah. The way you did that is so. Yeah. In the black and gray, it yeah. looks so good. It looks so good like that. Well, thanks. It's yeah. So Thank you. Nice. Um, did you? While we're on this, did you do a rewatch of it yet? You did, right? Oh the, the day it came out. It, let me tell you, since I've seen it at the theater with you, I have probably seen it now about 97 times. <laughs> <laughs> that car scene, that chase. Dude. Yeah, you were right. You know me very well. I know because you so well. When we, went to, when we got to the theater, uh, Dan didn't actually want to tell me about this oh, car. He didn't want to yeah. tell me anything, but especially... This car scene, he didn't want to, this chase, car chase. He didn't want to say anything about it because he knows I love that stuff. He knows I, uh, one of my favorites are from the old uh, Steve McQueen movie, Bullet. Oh, of mm. course. Uh, that of car course. chase is just classic. But this, on a very modern level, was, you know, it was right up there, so, you know? Yeah. And it was Absolutely. Batman. So yeah. it was something, the kind of thing you don't, didn't really see in in any Batman movies, yep. really, mm. at all. and uh, Not and like that with the not like that. Not like no, that. Yeah. First of all, I was completely shocked that uh, he was chasing who turned out to be Colin Farrell, <laughs> <Yeah>. which <laughs> did not look anything. No, When man. you look at him, when you listen to him, there is nothing about this makeup on this guy that reminds you of Colin Farrell at all. Yeah. At all. <laughs> Not it's, in the slightest. It's incredible. But um but the car, the bat the new Batmobile, oh uh, that was that was pretty sweet. They it's went, like, it's, yeah. a, it's literally like a rocket engine. <laughs> yeah. And at one point yeah. there's a shot of the speedometer. It goes up to two hundred and fifty miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. And it when and he uses every bit of it when he goes up that ramp. Yeah, and and goes right through. So you know, I don't, I don't want to say too much without and spoil it for anyone. But that um, that scene is just it really makes the movie. That specifically because I, um, you know, you know how many times I saw it in theaters, but the the first time I saw it and I I that sound comes on right. and you see the flicker of those lights. Yeah. It it sends a chill down your yeah. spine. I'm loving the like, reaction though of first 
Catwoman of, of First Selena, yeah, right? Selena yeah. Kyle played by Zoe Kravitz, mm. who was excellent. Yeah. Uh, first her reaction, right? And then Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, who's also ducked behind a car. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he's <laughs> listening like to it and, and yeah. starting to peek over the side like, what on earth? What the hell is that? And all of a sudden, you know, you see this blue flame coming from behind the silhouette of the car. Oh man! Oh, and the sound that it made—it was—it was like a rocket. It's engine. gorgeous. It was just beautiful. It and was, it was love... so well done, so well, um, so well introduced. Yes, because oh, it's man. like halfway through the movie, you know. If it were like the old Adam West Batman, you you would have seen that car from the very beginning. Yeah, you know, and it's it's set up so beautifully because I love I personally, and I mentioned this on here, I love nothing more than a Bruce Wayne on a motorcycle. Right? I love that's one of the reasons I love Terry McGinnis cool. so much. Yeah. Is Terry McGinnis was always was like that was his vehicle of choice. Was right. he was always on the that's bike? Why I like it just Night made Night. it seem yeah, right. it made it seem so cool. Well, here here's the thing. Yeah. Now that you mention Terry McGinnis, all right, and Terry McGinnis would be you know, and your audience probably heard you mentioned Terry McGinnis. Oh, they love they love Batman. But um, they from Terry McGinnis from the Batman Beyond animated series was a very very cool character. Yeah. That series was a very very cool series. Yeah. I mean, any any Batman fans are probably waiting for the day when a live action uh, <laughs> Batman Beyond comes. Praying. But I'm going to tell you what I think it is already here. Mm-hmm. This. Batman was made with Terry McGinnis in mind. Yeah, there is no doubt in my mind. Why do you say that? Why do I say it? Because take a look at the way that uh, that Robert Pattinson is styled and his hair dangling all the time in front of his face. The scene where they're trying to figure out the cipher. That sitting there is not Alfred. Suddenly, it's old Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. And he's sitting there, and he's mentoring Terry McGinnis. Absolutely. Right? Okay. And so this, okay. this whole movie was based on the idea that came from Batman Beyond mm-hmm. about this right. young guy that lost his father, you know. And, uh, I mean, he lost his mom, oh, too. Right. But yeah. basically looks a lot and reminds me a lot and their interaction right. is a lot like Bruce Wayne and Terry McGinnis. Yeah. And when you okay. think about it. No, yeah. That's exactly what what it's like. Yeah. And it it made me feel like, you know what? I'm going to stop saying because I've been saying all along that Robert Pattinson would have probably made the perfect Terry McGinnis. Uh, yeah. And then decided, you know, wait a second. There are so many similarities here that I can't help but think we know that these directors and producers, they heavily research all Batman stuff yeah. before yeah. they make these or movies. They should. So yeah. they find inspiration from whatever they can, wherever they can. The old, the other movies that have been made, such as the, the Ben Affleck movies, the, um, you know, and even the, uh, the, uh, Chris, um, the Nolan movies, yeah. Chris oh, Nolan yeah. movies, you know that these guys have done their homework mm-hmm. and they've mm-hmm. searched every, they've looked at the older movies, which aren't, you know, in my opinion, worth looking at anymore. <laughs> but really, where are they going to look? They're going to look in comics. 
Yeah, like comic mm, books. Yeah, they're going to look at um, they're going to look at uh, animated series. Mm-hmm. Right. What else do you have left? Mm. You know, other than that. Yeah. Absolutely. So a lot of information is going to come really from those two sources. Absolutely. And so the Terry McGinnis concept was, in my opinion, added to this Batman movie. Yeah. Okay. And and now, Ben, if you think about it. No, yeah. Absolutely. Think about when they're sitting there and they're figuring out that cipher, mm-hmm. you know, it... Uh, it's very much like the relationship that he had with Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. Terry McGinnis had with, with Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And he was an older mentor. Like at one point he says, I could teach you how to fight. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Who, who the hell would have thought that Alfred yeah. taught Bruce how, Bruce to, fight. how to fight? Yeah. yeah. Right? But it's he's just, all scarred up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like an old warrior. Yeah, he's he's That's like more true. the military vet. He's an old they, warrior. They tap more yeah, into exactly. that. Exactly. And when you start thinking about that, mm. that's exactly why I'm convinced that whoever made this movie, and I forgot who the director Matt Reeves, was. Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves must have definitely tapped into that resource of Batman Beyond. My my opinion on him is I think that Matt Reeves. I, I think that everybody before him knew about Batman. I think they were fans. But I think that Matt Reeves, like Ben and myself, and even you to a degree, I feel like I feel like Matt Reeves is an encyclopedia of Batman. Okay. Like I think he knows Batman top to bottom, has tapped into all forms of media right. and has has experienced it. So when he sat down to do this movie, I think he had a pretty good idea his whole life on how he'd make a Batman. Movie. Oh yeah. Well yeah. first of all to a degree, yeah. yeah. First of all he humanized him. Yeah. You yeah. Know, which yeah. was important. Mm. Um he made him fly. When was the last time you saw <laughs> you know Batman, Batman do flying? Yeah. Terry McGinnis flies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But of course true. Who's going to believe that he had these rocket boots that yeah. would, you know, <laughs> yeah. that would uh, re- propel him through the That's air? So cool, though. Um, but with <clears throat> the sick, with yeah. the flying suit, we know those exist, mm-hmm. right? So, and using that. Noting his reaction when he got up on that roof. Yeah, that's true. Holy, you know, like any of us would react. Mm. And then securing his flight suit and off he went. Mm. His landing wasn't very cool. <laughs> no. That's part of the humanizing exactly. of Batman. Yeah. Exactly. And it was the best. Yeah. I, I really liked they, the, like you said, they humanized him. They made him, they made him vulnerable, which the thing very much is so. about Batman is he seems like. Everyone talks about him like, oh, like he's unstoppable. Well, he isn't. Oh, like, no, he he's isn't. vulnerable. He, he showed isn't. fear. He's, yeah. he's admitting to Alfred yeah, that he absolutely. had fear. Absolutely. He didn't fear death, but he feared losing, losing those him. that he loves. Yeah. And that was uh, that was a very poignant moment in, in that and, story. And I absolutely agree with you on that. They don't do... They don't do Batman like that enough. And that's why I was so happy at the end that... Um, you know, Ed, this flood is happening, and you know now he's helping people to the helicopter. Right? Yeah, you know, right. He wasn't. He's not someone that just beats up on people, which people see that more right. nowadays. They're like, 
I remember talking to a friend about it, and they were like, oh, there wasn't enough, like, there wasn't enough action in it. I'm like, what are you talking? It's not, it's yeah, not supposed you know, to be action. I, uh, you know? Uncle Rich had some negative thoughts on it. That's what know? I heard, too. But um, but he didn't see it for what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is too bad. And I guess everyone's going to have their opinion about what they're seeing. You know, art is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. No, yeah. But, um, but you know, there are those moments like that when he saves those folks and when he when he manages to propel himself onto that cable right yeah at the end Mm -hmm. just before he cuts it well that whole thing when when he's approaching that that when he's about to do that it Mm -hmm. almost felt like a suicide oh yeah yeah Yeah. right and did you get that feeling yeah because it was like he's about to go to his death and gordon and uh selena kyle are both watching yeah and you could almost see their faces, like mm. you know, getting emotional. But um, and and they really executed that with such passion. Mm-hmm. That I it agree. Made you wonder. Oh my goodness, is he really? You know, mm. and uh, but then he his motive was just so that he could save those people. Yeah. And yeah. First of all, cuts that cable so that that thing doesn't fall and electrocutes everyone. everyone. Yeah. And uh, and he managed to, you know save those people and uh and it just it was a wonderful way to kind of absolutely lead to a climax in that in that movie now i i do have a problem with a couple of things Mm -hmm. go for it that scene where um the da you know the scene at the at the at the ceremony for the mayor oh yeah 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 and the car comes crashing through the church Mm -hmm. And the DA comes out, mm-hmm. and he's got a bomb strapped to him. Now, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen the movie. So, so I'm, yeah, so spoiler, I'm, so spoiler alert! No, if you want to fast forward I'm, thirty I'm seconds, not, fast forward thirty I'm seconds. Not gonna, no, I call I, it I all the time. I won't on spoil here. it, but I'm going to say okay. that, as for the proximity that Batman found himself mm. in, he should have been hurt. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He because should've. at one point, he was right up there when that thing went off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to say, that was the best part for me that night was when that thing went <laughs> off, I just heard Dad go, oh, shit. Yeah. It's... <laughs> he was so Because you don't expect it. You don't expect it. No, I didn't yeah. expect it at all. You no, got... I didn't. Yeah, and, and, yeah I expected, I, I, you know, he'd run or something, but... I, I did swear very briefly that night. (laughs) Very (laughs) briefly. Oh, and you're the first one. I don't care if it was in context. I already did earlier. I said earlier it's worth getting soap in my mouth seeing this. Oh, you did say that. Okay. You guys want to get, go go ahead. Go 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 around. Go around. (laughs) We're fine. Go crazy. I don't need to swear in my personal life. Listen, I'm a grown up. I know you. Apparently, you guys, well, you look like you're shaving. You've been shaving a while. Ben's been I, shaving I for shave, a few yeah. days. So yeah. I shaved today. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, I I thought it was beautifully done. Like I said, I have my gripes too. That that definitely was a problem. I mean, for there me. aren't many, but mm-hmm. that was a problem for um, me. Oh, yeah. There, there's one. The one scene I didn't understand until like my fifth watch of it, and it was when it was right after he goes to see Falcone. 
And he comes back to the mansion and he like he just opens a door and he walks in a room and then they show a shot of a mirror and right. then he's at the hospital. And I always the first four times I watched the movie, even when I consciously thought about like looking at what it was, I was like, what is he doing in this shot? Like, right. why did they realize? put this in here? I was like, what is it? And I was like, oh, he's going into his parents room. Yeah, like, you didn't realize that? No, but right. like and I always kind of thought it was, but it was like. I didn't think that it, it, that scene was super, like, unnecessary, I yeah, thought. And I, I get it. I get what they're trying to do with it. He hasn't right. gone in there in years. He's probably bringing himself to, like, right. look that in the face. Well, before his emotion is, is is taking a kind of a is climax. Yeah, you know, yeah, for to sure. To the point where he's never... See, he goes to the hospital, and that fear of losing anyone that he loves... It kind of revisited him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's haunting him again. So I think that scene of him taking a look, you know, and having not been there for a while, probably, mm -hmm. right? At what he used to have. Yeah, mm -hmm. his yeah. parents used to, you know, that was their little dwelling. That was their bedroom. So yeah. it was uh, it was a, a way of trying to get the viewer to figure out that he's really going through an emotional crisis I, right yeah. now. And, and I and I totally get that, but it took until like when I watched it on HBO Max yeah. when I was finally yeah. alone to be like, yeah. okay, Figuring so he's out. going into his parents' room, right? Like I I verbally said it well, as that's the beauty of, of movies in general. You know, yeah. once you you see them over and over, and you get a little something more out of them. Yeah, I absolutely love love James Bond movies, right? You guys oh, know that, yeah. And yes. I have watched James Bond movies over and over. I mean, it's all of them, all of them. Even the Roger Moore ones, yeah, I can't get enough laughter with the Roger Moore movies. Mm -hmm. But all the movies, I I will watch all those, and I get a little something out of each one. Absolutely. Even this last one, No Time to Die, I've watched it so many times. I still have to watch And that I one. still get little bits and pieces of information that help help me absorb the story and help me understand certain aspects of the story. And, you know, this story that as a franchise has been written rewritten the character reinvented you know especially with this uh daniel craig series oh, yeah. mm -hmm. it was yeah. re rewritten from the beginning of the bond film so in all of those movies you can detect pieces of dr no and live and let die oh, yeah you get all those yeah. early sean connery or even mm -hmm. roger moore movies mostly the Sean Connery series, you get a little, few bits and pieces of those stories mixed into the uh, Daniel Craig series. Absolutely. And because yeah. it's retelling the whole story oh, of right. this character. Yeah. Mm. And I found that just fascinating because they took a real life approach to, you know, this is not a superhero. He doesn't have superpowers. Right. Although shot, you know, the way he was and then falling off a bridge in, the, <laughs> yeah. in, in Skyfall, you would think, well, that had to be it. Yeah, like that's it. But, uh, oh but you know, he, he was, uh, he was just, it was just a fascinating mm -hmm. character. Back, back in the early days, it was more of a fantasy character and it oh, still course. is, but it was more, uh, it was more believable because it was now, incorporated into our the way we live today yeah you know? for sure yeah and and now they're throwing 
little F-bombs and, you know, other <laughs> swear words, which was n- never done in Bond movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. But all of a sudden, um, you know, they're kind of modernizing it, you know, quote, unquote. But, mm. it, uh, it, but they're fun. And, and every time you watch them, you go, oh, yeah, there's, you know, now, now I get it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You have those moments for any movie that you watch over and over. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, similar spy movie for me like that is the Bourne series. Like, you always, like, when you watch oh, yeah. that first trilogy, you start noticing these, like, minute details they right. put in there. Like, right. oh, yeah, okay, like, I didn't realize that right. this was in here. You know, and you know what's fascinating to me is how they could take a character like Jason Bourne and based on public demand, right, mm-hmm. like the three, the trilogy was it, right? Yeah. And then they realize, well... Apparently, there's a lot, a lot of demand for it, and I don't know. Maybe Matt Damon's, you know, in need of a pay payday. Yeah. So, um, but in the interim, they throw Jeremy Renner in there. Yeah, that was a weird in yeah, between. That was the weird, and that one. was that was sort of a little weird thing. With and and they showed in that movie, they showed Matt Damon's face so much. You wonder if Matt Damon got paid for that movie, too. Probably. Because his face was all over it. He probably signed something in his contract, like, every time he used my likeness for Jason Bourne, I yeah. get like Well, I would imagine, because yeah. it was all over the place. I, they had no fear of doing it. So he's getting a check for this anyway. But then they come up with... Now, you wonder, well, how are they going to... How are they now going to justify a fourth, you know, Jason Bourne? Well... They kind of left it open at the end anyway. So the 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 real issue was that Matt Damon didn't want to do them anymore. Yeah. You know, but yeah. when they finally talked him into doing it, um, he decided, well, okay, so let's do this. Mm-hmm. And um, part of it was other conflicts with other projects. But um, when he finally got around to doing it, you know, he was kind of chubby and... Not he as, was a little chubby. Not yeah. as uh, not quite the Jason Bourne I recall, you know. <laughs> but he was, um, but he was likable. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's Matt Damon, you know. <laughs> and Matt Damon. I mean, if yeah. you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna send someone and, um, you know, and then strand him on Mars and have the entire planet <laughs> Earth feel sorry for him, well, it's gonna be Matt Damon. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> you know, because let's face it, how many people can you think of that you could leave on Mars and not give two shits about? Yeah. Right? So Matt Damon, you know, is a character that you could probably um, want to save. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. 100%. Even if he is bathing in his own shit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you know it's a it's actually um, you know the 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 fact that they could make these movies and keep making them, keep rewriting them, mm-hmm. rewriting these characters and writing new roles for them. Right. That to me intrigues me because that really um, makes the uh, writers. Uh, task at hand uh, a lot more challenging. I agree, you know, yeah. Because there's a following for all those movies. There's a following, oh, yeah. like, you know, hardcore Batman fans, mm-hmm. right, aren't going to stand for lousy writing. No, right? no, yeah. And there's, there's the same core group out there for all those Bourne movies, for James Bond movies, mm-hmm. so all those. So, you know, if it's shaky, well, they're just going to criticize the heck out of it. Absolutely. If it's, uh, But if it's good and if the... Um, 
you know, if the writer is talented enough, they could make it all very believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny you say that because um, my old chef at uh, Webster's, um, Mark, mm-hmm. he is a huge James Bond fan. Like, he reads the books, he watches all the movies, everything. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I think I didn't ask him. My friend Blake did. He said... um he asked him what he thought of uh, No Time to Die, and he was like, oh, don't ask me about that movie. Yeah. That made me upset. Like, yeah. he was all mad about it. It, it, it is upsetting. That's what you said at first, too. You were like, you were like, I don't, he's like, you were like, something happened. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm still processing. I still don't know. <laughs> did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I haven't yet. You I have should, not. I have to. So I thought it was, there, I thought it there was great. There is, you know, yeah. and, and hopefully they didn't tell you how it ended. No, no. But at this point. You know, you can almost suspect, but the point is that you know where do you go from there? Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. And um, and then if they fill it with, uh, if they fill any future, because at the end of that movie, it says what every James Bond movie has said for the past fifty, sixty years: James Bond will return. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. How? 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 Uh, how yeah. possibly? The just, second coming. Just someone with another James Bond name, like another legal name like that? It's what are you going like, to do? Oh, it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, Jasmine. Jasmine Bond. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, his daughter. Who knows? His daughter okay. has... Uh, so I I do want to ask, does it end how, um, or does the movie go, I should say, how you used to predict how it would go when... I want to say Spectre came out. So you said that What's-His-Name would break out and then kill his girlfriend, and then he would go on that well, James Bond phase we know. And, you know, it was um, what made it easier was the fact that they were following a storyline that had been done before. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, so, and they, uh, it kind of left it at, um, it kind of left... So with Spectre, mm-hmm. right, it kind of left it where Her Majesty's Secret Service, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, would would begin, mm-hmm. as okay. far as my recollection. Now, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the um, which was played by the only James Bond uh, uh, actor that never. Did, did more a, than did the one. Yeah, um, I forget his name. Uh, Timothy. Um, no, it's not Timothy Dalton. Oh, it was. Uh, it was uh, prior to way earlier than him. He uh, was shoot. this Australian model. Yeah, he was the that, third um, guy, right? But he never did another one. He never did another one because he wanted too much money. You know what they did? Mm. What did they do? They, they brought Sean Connery back. <laughs> That's funny. They brought Sean Connery back because this guy was being such a pain in the ass. George Lazenby. George Lazenby. There we go. I didn't know he came back. He came back because they he wanted so much money, mm-hmm. and he wanted um, he made all these demands because now he thought he was like this big deal, oh. and he's he's still alive. And when you talk to him today, oh. he doesn't want to talk about that because he knows it was a huge mistake. He messed up. Yeah. He should have just. You know, kept his mouth stuck with it, with it, and he he was pretty good. And it turns out he was in one of the more important in terms of the story of James Bond. Oh. It was one of the most important mm-hmm. um, parts of 
his story um, ever, right. you know. Yeah. And it even played into the modern ones with uh, Daniel Craig. Okay. So it didn't, to answer your question, yeah, it didn't go as I predicted it would go. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it actually, um, it actually took a very interesting turn. Okay. Which, uh, which I thought um, was, you know, which is how they end up the movie. So you'll have to see it and yeah. then let me know. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'll have um, to check that out tonight. But yeah, it it did it it went in a certain direction that felt familiar, but then all of a sudden it just caught you off guard. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was, it was well done. Yeah. I thought I thought it was really really well. Done. Yeah, and and Rami Malek, who's in that, was oh was, yeah, he's a villain. He's right? awesome. Yeah. He was awesome. He's a great actor. He's incredible. It's funny because I actually. I mentioned to Tyler the other day on our podcast. Um, he doesn't like Rem, Remy Malik because just he doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. And I said I understand it. It's kind of like how you are with Woody Harrelson. He was like, "What? He doesn't like Woody Harrelson?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is about Woody Harrelson. He just rubs just me his the wrong face, no, yeah, man. That's that's well, the same thing with Tyler and Remy Malik. He just. He doesn't Dan, like him. Dan feels that way about Matthew McConaughey. He's really? starting to grow on me a little bit is more. He? I'm rewatching True Detective now, and I forgot how freaking good he is in that show, man. He's he's <laughs> so awesome in True Detective. Have you ever seen that show? True Detective. I think I've seen one episode. Yeah, maybe. you you got to watch it. It's is so it, good. Uh, who's the other guy that's in it? Uh, uh, Mahershala. Yeah, Ali. Mahershala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I love him. Yeah, he's I love he's him. he's that, amazing. Uh, that um, Green Book, Green Book's really good. Was amazing. Yeah, um, but I have not seen. I should, I should try and check that out. But uh, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, he's. Um, it depends on what he makes. He's he's to me, he's like the quintessential to me the quintessential. Matthew McConaughey movie is uh, is a movie called Sahara. Sahara, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know because that movie. he's like Mister Shirt Off all the time. He's in the water, walking <laughs> barefoot everywhere, and yet he's being the hero. You know, that's why and it's Penelope like Cruz or Selma Hayek. Yeah, I think it's, it's Penelope, Penelope Cruz. Cruz in that one. And uh, and the other guy is uh, what's his name from that thing you do and a bunch of other. Oh yeah, uh, I can't think of him right um, now. But he. I'll uh, but the, the two of them are partners, <laughs> and then throw in the chick, you know, uh, uh, Penelope Cruz, and and he he. But all of his rhetoric, all of his lines, everything he does is typical, like. <laughs> You know, Beach Boys, right. you know, Matthew yeah. McConaughey, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and that's kind of how I see him. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's, it's gnarly dude, you know, that kind of thing. That's kind of how I see him. Now, he was go- great in um, a couple movies. He did the, the, uh, the, uh, oh, the uh, lawyer movie. Oh, Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, uh, Lincoln Lawyer, that was okay, that, but yeah. it almost felt like the pilot of a series. Mm-hmm. Like you oh. kind of felt like Lincoln Lawyer would is now going to be on TV. Oh, right? okay, yeah. And, and that's kind of how they left it. But no, it's um, the John Grisham book that he did with Samuel L. Jackson. 
Oh, you know, Samuel um, Jackson who plays the black guy yeah, in every, every movie. single movie that's right. <laughs> Samuel Jackson yeah. is in that movie. Who was he? He was the black guy. The black guy. Um, it's uh, the John Grisham book where they, um, the uh, his Samuel Jackson's daughter is uh, abused by a couple of white guys in the South. Oh, um, A Time to Kill. A Time to yeah, Kill. Yeah, Time to Kill. Excellent time to kill. movie. Okay. Oh, my goodness. That movie is just so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matthew McConaughey, was, he was excellent. Yeah, yeah. No, he's good. It's just, I think it's what you said. I think it's the airheadedness that I'm just like, oh, dude, I just want to slap Yeah, and probably not so. <laughs> and if you want to watch a very odd and very eerie-looking Matthew McConaughey, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street and his scene oh, in there. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's great, but it's like, ugh, he looks skinny and he, he almost... Looks, oh, uh, terrible. Almost like... And I guess it was for a role or whatever it was, but he was kind of sickly-looking and kind of scary. Yeah, it was... Um, That was when he was doing uh, Dallas Buyers Club around okay. that time. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that that would explain it. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, you know, there are certain actors. Who would be your favorite actor, though? Of all time, well, I know that's a lot to. Pick I from, I could tell you if there's there's one that'll always and it's it's actually funny because he's there's he's coming here. So you can isolate just here. one, just one. Yeah. Okay. The all time, Tom Who's Hanks. It? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Really? He's coming here for what? He's shooting a movie here, and they're really? looking for extras, oh, and I'm Buffalo I'm sending like... in my resume for it. No way. Yep. Buffalo's turning into uh yeah. You know. Well, they're using they're using Niagara Falls, so they're using that area. So like, they're shooting something down there, and then I think something on Niagara Falls Boulevard at one of the hotels over there. Okay. So they're looking for like people that are around that area. But Tom Hanks is bar none my absolute favorite actor of all time because he not only within the quality of his work because he has done so many different things at all times. Like, you look at Forrest Gump and you look at Philadelphia, you're like, that's the same guy. Like, you really yeah. just... Yeah, you, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's indescribable mm-hmm. with that. But then, in a public standpoint, too, he's just one of the most... Like, you never hear anybody say anything bad about Tom. Like, he's just renowned as such a good guy. And and, and it, it feels like he picks great projects. Yes. You know? Yeah. And even movies that are kind of, eh, okay, still wind up making you feel good, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was recently, what was it? This movie, Larry Crown. Yeah, I know that movie with, with him Crown and um, Julia Roberts, right? Right. Yeah. And, he, you know, he plays a guy that had been at, like, uh, something like a Walmart for years and years and and a uh, model employee, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they, there are cuts, and he's part of one of the cuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, he never really went to college, and uh, he's a very intelligent guy, but he um, all his smarts came from experience, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which after a while can kind of uh, take the place and be even better of any college education. But for whatever... Um, purposes he needs to um, get to advance in his life. He goes back to school. Mm-hmm. And the, his teacher, one of his teachers, winds up being 
Julie Roberts, and it was kind of a half. Oh. Yeah, it was an okay movie. Remy Malik, yeah, oh, Remy Malik, and he one. plays this very goofy kind of dumb sort of street guy. <laughs> yeah, that, it's uh, a cute movie. Kid. It's it a, cute a cute movie for sure. But um, you know, uh, he has a cameo in 1883. Oh, seriously? Absolutely, and oh he plays uh, a. Uh, he plays a union officer. I gotta check it out. I gotta check it out. And it's a, sure. it's just That's one scene, me. but he's in it. I'll watch it for that yeah. one scene. Then that, that, not only for that one. He's scene, he's but. in it, and uh, but I will say once you get started on 1883, you'll probably you'll be you'll be riveted. Yeah. You know? Um. It, yeah. No. He's he's 100 percent my favorite. Not only for just the quality of his work across the board, whether it's. Um, live action, you know, uh, Woody and Toy Story is like, that was one of the first voices that like I distinctly re- remember right. Right. identifying it being like, oh, that's Tom Hanks that right. does that. Um, and it, so he does that. And then even like the stuff he does, like when he did A League of Their Own and he's the coach of the thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, just yeah. that's such a legendary role that he did. Right. And, it, right. and it's not even one of the top ones he's ever and, done. And he's, he plays it well. Who could forget, uh, you know, the role he played in Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or uh, or, you know. You know, a movie like Apollo 13. Apollo 13. You know? I just have one on the tip of my tongue that I forgot. Oh, Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. My God, it, you know, that's and a great I, movie. I will tell you, you know, and Cast maybe, away, yeah. Maybe yeah. this is probably something I shouldn't even say in public. <laughs> Go for it. But Sleepless in Seattle is to me almost like a guilty pleasure. I love that movie, man. That oh, really? movie is one of my favorite romantic movies ever. It's one of those movies where if I'm, you know, just kind of browsing through the channels and I and see it's, it's on, on yeah. I got to watch it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I just love that movie. Oh, yeah. I I just love the uh, sheer um, magic of chemistry yeah. that is is the basis of the whole movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because... They compare it a lot to an old movie that, um, that uh, an old Cary Grant movie that uh, that was on years ago, mm. um, and I can't remember. Uh, uh, something it was a love movie, but um, oh, the point is that they there's a lot of comparison to that movie, and I, I feel like there's not really a whole lot that's the same mm-hmm. with that movie, but it's. Sleepless in Seattle is, is is just wonderful. If you haven't seen it, Ben, yeah, I don't think I've seen. You it. should, you you should it. see you know it because I, it's I might a great have seen movie. like parts of it, but I don't. I, we've I had don't it. We've I've definitely had it on at the house before. Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's a great Valentine's Day movie. Yeah. Yes. Does Tom Hanks have black hair in that movie? Yeah, black yeah. curly yeah. hair. I he's, have seen scenes of it. Then. He's yes. very young in that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's very young. Um, the the. Tom Hanks movies you Tom Hanks movies you probably want to avoid. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Bachelor Party might be one <laughs> yeah, of them. Yeah, that's one of them. Uh, what was the What was the one with the dog? Um, where oh, he but Turner and Hooch. Oh yeah, Turner and Hooch. Turner and her, uh, Turner and So even a guy like Tom Hanks has made mediocre. Oh yeah, to bad movies. But right. you know the the 
the movies that he's made uh, that are great uh, outweigh outnumber you know even that thing you do i was thinking about that one too i, I love that great movie, movie. I, uh, there's a a great scene in that movie um where uh uh live uh what's her name uh aerosmith's what, uh, daughter oh yeah um live tyler live tyler live tyler, Liv tyler oh. steven tyler's daughter yeah. Liv Tyler has a great scene where she's just beautifully describing what a waste of time her boyfriend was. Yeah, I remember that. To her. And uh, and she had had enough, but she says it with such poetry and such passion that it just really reminds you of what, you know, it just makes you feel like you want to decapitate that freaking jerk right now, you know? but yeah. it was such a great scene for Liv Tyler but Tom Hanks produced that movie mm-hmm. and it was um, that movie that he named his production company after yeah Playtone yeah. yep um, so it uh, it actually was kind of a marking period in his career yeah, yeah. I actually didn't know that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's he's really amazing and I uh, yeah See, honestly, I'm so sorry, Dan. No, uh, go for it. I'm very surprised that you would say that because, honestly, I thought yours would be, this is mine, I thought yours would be Leonardo DiCaprio, almost because of the same reasons. DiCaprio's fantastic. At, yeah. And I, but you look at something like, uh, I mentioned it last week, I'm going to butcher the name again, uh, What's Eating Gilbert What's Grape? Eating Gilbert yeah, Grape? Thank you. Oh, What's my God. I wanted to reach through the... When I've I was listening to that movie. episode, <laughs> I wanted to reach through the speaker and just slap you. You Googled it What's and still got Gilbert it wrong. <laughs> That's what popped up. It said, who's eating Gilbert Grape? He's going... He's going... He's uh, like... Uh, there's this movie, uh, Gilbert's Grapes. Uh, I could crushing, crushing I Gilbert's grapes. He's, yeah, it's he's, what's eating? Yeah, Gilbert's he's grapes. he's going. Who's eating yeah. Gilbert's grapes? And I, and then he said he like googles it, and he was like, oh yeah, it's who's eating Gilbert's grapes. And I was <laughs> That's like, oh what my god! No, and pretty, he's I'm like, pretty sure he's, it's what. <laughs> But then he's got. But then he proceeds to talk about the movie like he's seen it for the next four minutes. I, I okay. I mentioned that I did not watch the movie. I literally said you did. Say I it. sat did down, say it. watched it for like five minutes, and got bored and walked away. <laughs> I mentioned that, but uh, you saw uh, what they parodied not, not on really American Dad. You liar! No. You saw what they parodied on American Dad. You absolute <laughs> bum. Um, no, I I think I knew the mom. I knew the mom died. I wasn't sure what happened after that. Um, Doesn't she die of obesity? Yeah, yeah she, she does. She dies because she's fat. No, DiCaprio's fantastic, and uh, he's another one who stand-up guy in and yeah. out of uh, the set. But I don't well, know. Well, you look at something like that, and then you look at like The Revenant, or even. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, this is I mean, he's completely different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? It's it's uh, apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really just uh, such a different... Mm. Yeah, and he's grown as, as a oh, great absolutely. actor. Oh, absolutely. He was the youngest I'd seen him in any movie was a movie he made with um, Robert De Niro called uh, Boy's Life. Yeah. And really, I thought... Leonardo DiCaprio was probably... I don't know, 10, maybe, 11. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe. I thought What's um, Eating Gilbert Grape was his first movie. I don't think so. I don't think it was. I think it was Boy's Life because wow. he was he was pretty young. I mean, I I could be mistaken, but no, um, I I have no I idea. I recall him being very very young. Mm. In uh, what what age do you can you find it? Yeah, I'm looking right See now. What age he was when? Yeah, because he I seem to remember him being pretty young in Boy's Life. Now Robert De Niro was in that, and he was he was young too. I mean, oh, wow. that came out in 1993. Let's see when What's Eating Gilbert Grape came out. 1993. So they were at like the same time. So yeah, it's the, it's the oh, same really? time. Yeah, it's About the same the time same? period. Okay. Yeah. For so him. yeah, like right in the same timeline. <clears throat> so and look at that off the bat, he was busy. Yeah, he was. He was you know, a, two he, movies at that young age. And two heavy roles, like two. And I'll tell you very... what. Yeah, it was a heavy role because yeah. he played the autistic kid. Yeah, yeah. And mm. he was incredible. Mm. You know, as the way he portrayed someone with autism. Mm. Yeah, it was absolutely. just you know, and and I obviously don't have any, uh, you know, any any personal experience with knowing oh, yeah. what to look for in autistic autistic people mm-hmm. but um he obviously knew what what you know his based on his research he knew what um yeah what to do mm-hmm. and i you know to put it mildly because the guy was just incredible yeah. i thought and having not seen him before oh, you yeah. want to know something i saw years ago the, uh, the old um there's an old uh, Jack Nicholson movie, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. And if you watch that movie, Danny DeVito's in it, and a couple of people. There's the guy that plays a doctor in Deadwood. Oh, like, he's my favorite He's actor. in that movie, too. Um, in this movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, mm. I had never seen Danny DeVito before, and I thought he was a disturbed person. <laughs> yeah. I really did. Yeah. And not only because, you know, not only because he was like two feet tall or whatever he is, but but he was squinting and talking, barely talking, barely barely saying anything audible, really, as I recall. (laughs) But he... He looked like I, and then I saw him in some other movie. He was talking normal, you know. And <laughs> I don't know what movie it was. It might have been Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my what, God! Or, yeah, something a long time ago that you know. But all of a sudden, it's like you're like that's, that's the, the guy same, I yeah, thought was disturbed. Yeah, and uh, it turns out it's just being that's Danny funny. DeVito. You know. You know what's funny about that is? Uh... Oh no, I saw him in Taxi because I always. Oh yeah, Taxi, yeah, because he was in that. He was in this TV series Taxi. Yeah. Okay. So I saw him in that, and I go, "Well, that's the guy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> Look at that. They're giving that guy work. That's so sweet." <laughs> Terrible. It must be a Make-A-Wish thing or it something. It was a Make-A-Wish. Oh you know, someone made a wish and they got him another job. Bravo. That's <laughs> so progressive. Bravo. I mean, really. But, oh, oh, man. man that, that's <laughs> just funny It was just that, Danny though. DeVito. Yeah. You know, um, I thought the same thing about, uh, you know, what's his name? Who's also in uh, Woody. Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 
I don't know that he, he wasn't in Taxi. He was in. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say he was in something else. He was yeah. in. Uh, he was in. Um, no, the bar movie. The bar. Oh, Cheers! Show. Cheers! cheers. Yeah, he was oh. Cheers! Cheers! He was in Cheers. He kind of filled in as the young Ted Danson. Yeah, which no. he was nothing like. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny to see like those shows that those guys were in now like uh brian cranston who like did like the you know he did his thing on malcolm in the middle but he was also on seinfeld and did shows like that and then right right like john lithgow when he did third rock from the sun and like joseph gordon levitt was on that show too right as, right. as that kid it's it's right. weird to see like those major actors get their start on like sitcoms like that oh yeah, yeah. and it, yeah. And it happened a lot i mean look at george clooney george yeah oh clooney yeah for, ER, for er yeah you know and he's uh, and uh, Brad Pitt, yeah, yeah, was on a TV show as well. You know, I can't recall which one, but he was obviously very kid mm-hmm. Brad Pitt. It wasn't um, no was Fred strong. Savage was the was the Wonder Years, right? Fred, Fred Sav- Savage, yeah, Fred Savage. Years, yeah. But well, where's Fred Savage now? He directs a lot of stuff, actually. Oh, well, believe okay. it or not, yeah, he does a lot of good directing work. So like he's he's making a nice yeah. career for himself. But well, you, you know, know what he directs a lot is episodes of Sunny. He, oh, he's directed no way, a lot really? of episodes of It's Always Sunny. Well, you know what also happens is these kids, these little kids are very, very cute when they're young, and then all of a sudden, they're not so camera ready. Oh, yeah, they, we call that they the... They grow up, and all of a true. sudden, it's like, this guy's got some kind of balloon disease yeah, or we, something. We grew up in the 90s. We call that the Jonathan Lipnicki effect. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really bad. Okay, I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's, uh, did you ever see the Stuart Little live-action movie they did with Hugh Laurie and Gina Davis? Mm, I don't think... He's, he's the kid in that. He's in, like, a lot of, like... From when I was a kid, like from five yeah. to ten, he's okay. he's a child actor in a lot yeah, of those he's movies. A really cute Super kid. cute kid right. is like this total meathead with a butter face now, like that just looks mm, like yeah. just so terrible. I mean, well, look what, what happened. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Home Alone, Kevin McAllister. Oh, Macaulay, he looks better now. Macaulay, he just Macaulay, he looked yeah. terrible the years he, he, he was on drugs. Yeah, he did not look good for a while. He looks way better now. He looks now. better now. Yeah, that's um, true. Well, yeah. you know, Judy Garland didn't look very flattering uh, not towards later on in her life, Sweet. you know, when she no. was uh, Dorothy. Yeah, you know? exactly. And all of a sudden, she gave birth to a daughter that uh, didn't look so good older. Yeah, <laughs> either. You know? Yeah. But uh, anyway, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we digress away from talking shit, talking shit about Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli. Over yeah. Oh, how do um, we get man. there? Holy no, it's uh, that's what that's podcasting. It leads you to you just start talking and everything. Dude, have you seen and now a major, major shift in gears? How jacked, jacked Josh Allen is, dude. Right uh, now, yeah. Oh, I, I am not actually. Holy! He's, I just saw. I just saw a photo of him on the internet before I left the house. Holy smokes! The he's, guy he's is looking great. The guy is like he looks massive. He's ready. He's ready for the season already. I think he's been ready since we, you know, Listen, since we went on the bench last guys, season. If these guys don't go to the Super Bowl this year. It's gone. It's happening. I believe it. Holy mackerel! Especially, I don't know if you. I know you don't pay attention to the draft too much, and I don't either. But we drafted. No, I can't help but listen to all of it, though. Yeah, we dra- we drafted hearing. a cornerback last night, which was huge for us because we ne- we needed that. 
Because that's what um, you know we uh, we have Trey White in that position, but if Huge he's not who, ready, who, who, who's us? You. The Bills. You own the Bills? <laughs> no, but oh. us as a unit. The Mafia. It's huge for the Mafia. No, it's huge the for the mafia. Bills Mafia. The uh, Mafia. But, you know, but like I think, Cosa Nostra. <laughs> but I think that's good. But, you know, they don't exist. Yeah, know? no, I know. But okay. it's it's the concept of it that keeps it. Um, no, but I, I think we're making the right moves on defense that we needed well, to make for this year. that's what I've been hearing. You know, yeah. that uh, there, there are a lot of Bills fans excited about this team oh, and yeah. what they're about to see get uh, for this season. Yeah. Uh, but when I saw that, uh, when I saw that photo of him, I'm just looking like, you know, if he does his thing the way he normally does, God, God bless whoever he runs into. <laughs> he's a massive guy. He's six five. Yeah. yeah. And then put on nothing but muscle. Yeah. Mm. Nothing but muscle. He is so athletic. Yeah. And that's the thing that made obviously made him such a you know, and the scary thing is that oh he's gonna hurt himself. Well, when you look at this body of his now, mm-hmm. you wonder, yeah, what are they gonna hurt? <laughs> because mm, yeah. everything looks like solid brick. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the guy is, uh, and if his arm, you know, didn't suffer any drawbacks from being so big, right? And he continues to throw those those missiles yeah. that he throws, yeah. you know, with such accuracy, uh, you're going to see quite the we're going to see a great Bills season. team yeah. this year. And I'll tell you what, if the Mets actually go to the World Series, that's a yep. The Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Think so? yeah. I agree. I think we'll yeah. go back to back this year. And I that think happens. that if the Mets get Jacob Degrom back, oh my God, I was just going to say that, which is very likely because a lot of the reports uh, are pointing in the right direction. Mm-hmm. His, Thank his, God. Re- his uh, MRI came back um, with uh, showing positive results. You know, good results, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, and then there's that one-two punch between him and Max Scherzer. Oh man, Taiwan, uh, Taiwan, uh, what's his name? Uh, is pitching tomorrow. Uh, Tyler McGill is on tonight. Ma- which I, yeah, I'm it's missing. it's starting right now. We're in I'm the we're in the right bottom now. of the second right now. I think last <laughs> oh, okay. time I looked, but there's no score no yet, score? so we're all right. We're all uh, right. McGill's on the mound tonight. Uh, Taiwan Walker is Taiwan Walker tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember who's pitching. But McGill has looked awesome this season so far. McGill has been everything they hope for and some. Mm -hmm. So it's it's awesome. He's great. And watching, you know, because I – baseball's – it, it's I love it, but it's so hard for me throughout the season to pay attention to everybody because there's so many games within a season, well, right? Listen, you're not so alone. It's, I mean, baseball, you know, to call baseball, and I love, love baseball. Right. Baseball is my game. Yes. You know, I'm yes. stuck in the wrong town because, <laughs> you know, as a baseball lover, because it's, it's a, this is a football town. Football Absolutely. And hockey. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I didn't grow up with football. I didn't grow up watching either of those sports but yeah. baseball uh, yeah. yes and i've always been a, a diehard mets fan mm-hmm. but um which people find you know whenever anyone hears that it's like really and you're from new york yeah, yeah. that's new york has a couple teams couple teams okay um and and you know and by the way new york has three 
football teams. <laughs> Not two. Not two. All right? And the best one is out here. Yep. You're but, damn right about uh, that. But um, the the uh, the baseball has taken a backseat, really, to football. Mm-hmm. And to call baseball America's pastime, well, that's, that's kind of a joke. Probably more yeah. of a dead concept now, yeah. for sure. Yeah, because, see, see you know, you mean, yeah. there are so many things. You know, first of all, you could, growing up, you know, when I was a kid, you could watch, you could turn on the TV during the day and watch a Major League Baseball game, mm-hmm. you know, live. Oh, yeah. Um, that doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a lot involved. It's a bigger business. There's ratings involved. There's, uh, you know, sponsorship, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. most of the games will take place at night. Yeah. Very rarely. You know, there, there are a few games sprinkled in during the day like a 105 right. now and yeah. Then. yeah but uh and they're usually typically they would do a sunday 105 game mm-hmm. and, and then there's always game of the week but you gotta search for it mm-hmm. you gotta look for it on either espn or now they're doing apple tv yeah apple yeah. tv and and uh or their own network stations their own too networks, yeah parent, uh, so so now you gotta pay for it yeah i mean really and that wasn't the case when I was a kid. No, no, not at now, all. You could turn it on anytime, mm-hmm. and there was always a game. Yeah, you know, the, and it was actually um, refreshing to see games that were on uh, <clears throat> during the day over the past couple weeks. Yeah, more than usual. Yeah, actually. I noticed that too. Um, but uh, but really, you know, the fact that you got to pay for some of these stations—it's crazy. Like yeah. Andy, my my best friend is a Yankee fan, mm-hmm. right? All right, yeah. And over the years, we've gone back and forth with stuff. But I feel <laughs> bad for him because the guy for their home opener, he couldn't watch it because it was oh, on. Really? Some it was on either MSG or some station that he didn't have, and he's out near Tom's River in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, and he had to pay for whatever it was that they were showing for the home opener, and uh, he shouldn't have had to no, pay yeah. for it, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that's you know sad for any Yankees, any baseball fan, really. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because to have to pay to watch during a game football line. season. You turn on the TV almost yeah. any day of the week, Absolutely. and there's a game yeah. for free mm-hmm. on any st- on like ABC, mm. on CBS. You know where, of course, you where you're going to see all the the Bills games. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, you know, almost any day of the week. So that tells you right there that you know. The money's in football. Yeah, oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. The baseball's busy trying to change the rules every single day, mm-hmm. adding a clock one game after another, mm-hmm. or one year after another. Trying to keep it interesting. Trying to keep it point. interesting, trying to make the game faster uh-huh. mm-hmm. because the problem is it takes so long, everyone's bored. They don't bother with trying to get asses in the seats no. at the stadiums anymore. That'd yeah, be too easy. That's true. They they well, it's hard. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's easier said than done. <laughs> they are trying to just get viewers. Mm-hmm. They are just right. trying to get people to watch it on TV any way they could. So if you can get a lot of people in the stands, that's great. Mm-hmm. But really that's not their quest. Their 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 goal is to get 
people to watch. Yeah. You know? Because if you have televisions set to those games, then that's that's part that's a big part of the battle for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not a problem in football. No. Football all you know. You'll tune into almost any game. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Seriously, you know, I mean, game. you're a fan Absolutely. for your team, but you know, you could turn on and oh, there go the 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 Browns and the yeah. Bears, mm-hmm. you know, and you're gonna watch it. Yeah, you know, it's nowhere around here, but you know, and you'll still watch. And I find myself doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm not no, even a big yeah. football fan. No, me, so, me neither. I did that more this season than ever. Yeah, I, I mean, like. I like the game, and I'll follow it, especially when your team is doing. Great, really oh, yeah. you know, yeah. so I'll certainly follow the Bills. But, you know, I'm not a huge – I'm a baseball guy. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so that's what I'd like to watch. But watching it for free, you know. That's 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 yeah, the best kind of feeling. It yeah. stinks. I, I lucked out with the Mets because I can get them on, on SNY. And mm-hmm. now they yeah. have the app that allows me to watch it. I could watch it here if I wanted to. Yeah. No, know? yeah, exactly. But it's, uh, you know – yeah, that's, that's sort of how things are going. Yeah, now. I agree. It's hard to watch, but like, the the nice thing now is like what kind of started me on this whole thing about, about baseball being like this was now that Scherzer's on the Mets, I get to watch Scherzer pitch all the time, and I never paid attention to him before because you know he's just a guy on another team. Oh, right. but now that he's on the Mets, he's one of the most interesting pitchers I've ever watched in my he's life. He's very intense. First he, of he's all. super intense. He's a guy that if he's pitching that day, you're not going to talk to him. Mm-hmm. You could be his teammate. And you're not going to talk to Yeah. Him. And he's not going to talk to you either. Always up pacing, just watching he's, the mound, he's watching like every little He's like a tiger in a cage until he gets into the mound, mm-hmm. on the mound. Once he's on okay. the mound, he's where he needs to be. After he's done his job and he's back in the dugout, even after pitching seven, eight innings, whatever, he recently pitched his last game. I think he pitched about eight innings. He's back in the dugout. He's the first guy to tell a joke. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but before he gets That's to funny. the mound, right? You can't talk to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there are a lot of pitchers like that. And just all the uh, the talk about what he was like challenging pitcher, pitchers to do in like in spring training and in camp and like showing them, oh, maybe you should throw more of these or add more of these to your rotation or do that. Like, that's a cool mentality right. to have is helping everybody else around he's, you he's grow. he's a leader. Yeah, he's yeah. Leader. That's yeah. what we need. We need guys like that. It was hard when David Wright left because it's like part of our soul went with us, right? As my <laughs> fan. Like, because he's, he's our forever captain. Captain America. He's yeah. Captain yeah. America, yeah. like 100%. Right. But now it's like we're starting to get that life back with uh, certain people, and morale's really good, and I feel like morale and momentum morale Good, good, and they have the right manager. Yeah, yeah finally. Uh, Buck Showalter is the man. He brings old school experience that you just, you know, every every squad he's been on has been a winning team with a winning record. Mm. And he's improved each of those teams. So having him in there, that's huge. Mm, absolutely. So Yeah. 
Um, I want to switch gears for a second just because we're starting to run low on time here, and I want to make sure we talk about your, your illustrations because that's one of the reasons you're on here, too, mm-hmm. oh, just absolutely. to be able to touch on it a little talk bit. Talk about me. I feel like, well, I feel <laughs> like the, the Mets... Things, talk about myself? That's one of the things I do the best. Right. Um, well, the Mets talk segues into this perfectly, I feel like, because it, it adds into your background and how you grew up and things like that. Oh, yeah. Well, So your first inspiration from drawing came from where? What got you to pick? You know, know, it's a good question because my, uh, first of all, I grew up in New York City. I grew up in Manhattan. And my earliest recollection of art came from, really, it, it probably came from my art teacher at my school at St. Emmerich, mm-hmm. the Catholic school that I, Catholic elementary school that you guys have seen yep. because we yeah. actually posed in front of it one, yeah, one year yeah. that we went there. Um, in that elementary school, I had a an art teacher, Mrs. Horvath, mm-hmm. who came in once a week. I think she came every Tuesday and taught kids art. She went from one classroom to the next and she did step-by-step drawings with colored chalk on the blackboard. That was the oh, art wow. class. Mm. And it was uh, pretty amazing to watch her. And I was intrigued by it. In fact, I asked her one, one day to um, draw for me, to, to draw me, actually. Mm. Oh, really? And, and one day after in kindergarten, this was in kindergarten, <laughs> Uh, to draw me, and she actually uh, drew me, uh, had me sit, and she drew me on newsprint paper with charcoal, oh, and no um, and uh, we still have it somewhere. Oh wow! And I think no uh, your grandmother has it. I think in in either that or I have it somewhere. Right, but yeah. between the two of us, someone has it, and <laughs> it's probably not in great shape. <laughs> Because, uh, well, I'm about to turn 64 mm. in a few weeks. So fair, fair enough. It's, it was a long time ago. Anyway, that is my earliest recollection. I was just fascinated with it. I used no, to yeah. draw just about any time I could. And by the time I was seven, I was probably very serious about wanting to draw mm. all the time. Oh, okay. All the time. I, it's funny because I see a lot of that in a little girl that I teach now. Uh, oh, really? Ironically, every Tuesday she comes <laughs> and I teach her at my studio. Nice. Um, and she just turned seven. She is so passionate about it. That's mm. awesome. She was actually one of my students at St. Francis uh, over oh, okay. in Tonawanda. Yeah. Um, back when she was uh, three and four years old. And she was very good then. She is seven now. And she just loves coming to my classes every Tuesday. That's amazing. Um, But that's my earliest. Now, I always wanted to be a... uh, My first interest was in comic book art. Mm. Okay? So I wanted to become a comic book artist, uh, later realizing they were illustrators. Mm. Yeah. And and that was my, my first love, was comic book drawing and right. I wanted to you know I did did a terrible job at drawing you know uh, drawing uh, the muscled characters and <laughs> my um, my uh, anatomy was 
terrible. It was just typical <laughs> a typical start for any kid that was interested in it, but oh, right. wasn't able to actually get it correct all the time. But mm-hmm. I, I kept, you know, the key to anything that you want to do is to just keep doing it, keep practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started evolving by the time I got into high school. By, by the time I got into high school, now my mom encouraged me with art every single day. Mm. My dad, on the other hand, he's old. he was old school. My dad passed away in 86, but he was old school and he wanted, uh, he had no idea how I could make a living doing art. No, His idea yeah. of art was, well, you'd be a starving artist, you know, right, which yeah. was a lot of the belief back then that there was no way I could make a living. And it it was, you know, there were valid points in that, but there was also the idea of this passion that you have that you need to do something with. And my mother understood that. Yeah. So she encouraged me to go to the high school that I wound up going to, High School of Art and Design in New York City. Now, in New York City, we had a couple of them. That one and another one called uh, School of uh, Music and Art. Mm. And um, that wasn't considered as good. In fact, a lot of kids transferred after their first year and came to my school. Uh, Ours was the premier art school. As far as a high school, it had a curriculum that was comparable to any art college, which is how good it was. Wow! Chances are... Most of your you had a few academic classes, but most of your classes were, were all just art art based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you learned uh, illustration and figure drawing. Mm-hmm. You learned photography. You learned uh, ceramics and sculpture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you learned one big thing at the time was uh, airbrush, right? Oh Which well, yeah, it's well, very popular. I, I'm glad you brought that up because here's the it's funny because I made the major part of my career when I became an illustrator and you know for a lot of the pieces that I did that eventually you know uh, I won awards for were pieces I did for magazines and they were um, they were all done with an airbrush for the most part oh, oh okay. I taught myself how to Use the airbrush. Mm. Oh, and so you didn't here, learn that in school? It, here's here's the story. Okay, there was an airbrush course in school. Okay, oh. and so I enrolled in it along with my buddy Ivan, who um, was one of the guys that uh, I I still keep in touch with today. Yeah, okay. he was an airbrush uh, artist as well. Um, we enrolled in an art class and there were a whole bunch of us in this art class and we were really excited about it, especially because the teacher was an illustrator from the older generation, but he was an illustrator and had done a cover of Gene Autry's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on an album, an album cover, an album that we had. And I would look at it and go, that's my teacher. Right. And I'm about to learn how to become, well, Within the first or second week, he suffered a heart attack and no got sick. And 
we were out, and he could he couldn't he didn't come back. He didn't die, you know, right. not not well, then anyway. He couldn't teach, but he couldn't teach. Wow! And so there we are, in, enrolled in this formal class. Oh, and God. we are every day getting substitute teachers. Like we're talking math teachers, science teachers are coming in, basically taking attendance, and then just do whatever you were doing. Oh, you know, man. they were never it was like able a study to get. Hall. Damn. They're pretty much. Oh. They were never able to get a suitable um, replacement oh, to teach us man. how to use this instrument. Right. So there we were, all of us, just kind of exchanging ideas between ourselves about how to use this thing. Okay. And back during the, we're talking 1973, 74, right. you know, okay. around that era, we're we're trying to figure this out and no one really knew it back then especially as an illustration tool they didn't really know it mm -hmm. so um so we're teaching ourselves basically right yeah so it wasn't until and and that's the way it went even after i graduated um and i continued to use it mm -hmm. that's pretty much the way it went for years and i kind of experimented with the tool and um but by that time, that. I had started to, I had, I had gotten into School of Visual Arts, but I also got bored with it, which is a great art college in, in uh, Manhattan. Mm. Yeah, and you got bored with it? I got it? bored with it because um, everything that I was getting that first year there was everything I already knew. Oh, yeah. Out of my school. Now, you, you got to understand a lot of these kids were showing up, they had gone to an academic, you know, right. regular high school, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden, but their interest in art is now everything, you know, it it wasn't going to get interesting for a couple of years. So I thought, you know, I had gotten job offers, and so I decided to work mm -hmm. instead. Okay. Figuring, now I'll, I'll always, I can always come back. Yeah. yeah which I was the yeah, plan all along. Mm -hmm. So I wound up working at the advertising department for Macy's at Herald Square. Oh, yeah. Which had um, for a, had the largest, at the time, was the largest retail advertising department in the world, mm. you know, for a retail store. That makes wow. sense with how, with how big the name is. That that yeah. totally makes it sense. Was, to it me. was huge, and it, uh, the other option was to go to one of the advertising agencies along Madison Avenue, you mm -hmm. know, which were just it was just like you might as well. Uh, it's like riding a, a rodeo, you know. <laughs> it's like riding in a rodeo most of the time. But I decided to work. Um, I was there for quite some time and then uh, eventually in fact I was even in the Macy's parade a couple times oh, you told yeah, yeah, yeah. you mentioned yeah. that to me uh, I actually was a clown occasionally <laughs> and uh, sometimes I uh, applied clown makeup uh, it was it was weird but uh, from there I kind of bounced around and I never never went back to school mm -hmm. but yeah. I was bouncing around at art jobs different art right, jobs. Yeah. And for a time I was even a photo retoucher. And I was oh. doing uh what they called old bleach and dye. Mm. Bleach and dye was just with a brush, you're bleaching photos and put, adding dye in them and you learn how to do that and used an airbrush too. Mm -hmm. Now that oh. guy Marvin Eggleston who I'm pretty sure has to be gone. 
Mm-hmm. First of all, he was a freaking tyrant. Was he? Oh, he was like, <laughs> I, I, you know, my favorite thing to do was plan how I was going to kill this guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> but he taught me how to use the airbrush properly. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I was using it the way I, you know, and I was very comfortable with the tool, but he was showing me things that I didn't know bef- how to do before. Okay. And there's no better way to train yourself with an airbrush um, than to use it on a photograph and make the photograph look as natural as possible. Okay. Mm. You know, so it's a clean photograph and it's convincing looking. It looks like, it looks like a good photo that you can, you know, that doesn't look like it had been worked. I mean, to a degree, yes, but not to the point where it was ridiculous looking, looked like artwork, you know, and that was the point. It still needs to look like a photo. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he taught me how to do that and how to use certain airbrushes, the most detailed airbrushes and technical airbrushes. I was able to use them. Wow. And, um, and I, as much as I hated the guy, I credit him for, for that. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you need people like Hardly that. Hardly ever life. told anyone that story, by the way. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, he, uh, he, was, he was kind of a jerk and a real racist. He was not a nice guy. Damn. Um, and one day he decided to let me go, and he introduced me to the person that was going to take my place, you know. <laughs> the, he, was, he, oh. was, he was interviewing the person that was going to take my place. Oh, yeah. Right? And then... Um, he hires him, and then the end of that day tells me, "Hey, um, we're done. Here's your check, and uh, have a good life." You know, oh my Jeez. God. So it's like you, yeah, no notice or anything. So, um, so yeah, he was, and I was there. Maybe uh, I want to say maybe a, a year or two. Maybe it, long enough that you deserved more than to just be well, let go. Yeah, but you, you know what? I didn't envision myself working for him. Sure, yeah, uh, long oh, term yeah. anyway. And mm-hmm. so I, um, I was, I was happy. You know, if we had to cut ties, well, that was it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he did, and it forced me to go out and look. And I started looking, and eventually I got a job at. Um, I got a job working as an apprentice with an illustrator. And that was very short-lived. Mm-hmm. And he was a pretty famous illustrator. Oh, really? Lou, Lou Brooks, which uh, he, mm-hmm. he has done a lot of stuff that look almost like... I'm looking around at all these great posters in the studio. Yeah. And, no, and some, yeah. Of, some of what is up here, like, like that uh, X-Men um, poster there, the one above... Wolverine, yeah, yeah, has sort of yeah. the same kind of look that Lou Brooks. If I, if you look up Lou Brooks, you'll probably find his stuff. Okay. Anyway, um, make a long story short. Eventually, I got to United Media. Yeah, yeah, where you met Mom. United <laughs> Media is the place where um, I I had been also doing a lot of cartooning, and United okay. Media was uh, it was the company that owned. Uh, syndicated uh, Peanuts and Garfield and uh, Marmaduke and about 50 other different comic strips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had been developing my own ideas for comics, for a comic strip. And uh, so I land this job. And my job was a job that 
doesn't really exist anymore. My job was to correct the comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, for example, uh, you know, Jim Davis uh, uh, yes, of I Garfield, he would, he would create com- a week long uh, series of strips, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weekly, the black and white dailies, Monday through Saturday, and then the Sunday uh, colors. Right. Um, and send them in. Uh, they would, all the, all the uh, cartoonists would mail them in a week at a time, and uh, they'd get to the editor's desks, and they would mark them up for corrections. Mm-hmm. Corrections were mostly, most of the time, they were just grammatical corrections. Excuse me, uh, grammatical errors. Right. And so you'd have to add, you know, maybe uh, add letters or, you know, rewrite sentences. Sometimes sometimes as simple as adding a comma or a period, whatever. But the point is that I would actually take the original comic strip, lay it down, and mimic their lettering style, sometimes their art style. Right. If uh, something in the art was wrong, I'd have to correct it. And uh, and that was my job, and I did that for about fifty different strips, um, and uh, you know, and and th- some of them got you know. Jim Davis was one that liked to push the envelope a little bit. <laughs> he would actually create. He would actually create um, little. He would create little uh, like scenarios mistakes? that were kind of like uh, bordering on this is. This should be censored. Oh, I know. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, it's like it. Now he was in Indiana. He had his own little, little uh, uh, studio company. Or space, his yeah. own, his own little uh, company for it. Really was for licensed goods. So all that stuff, like the, uh, you know, like the, uh, uh, like the uh, Garfields that were on the. Windows oh, of oh, yeah. cars and, like and all mugs. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. The mugs, all that stuff, pajamas, you name it. Mm-hmm. All that stuff was created there at his little paws company is the name of it. Gotcha. Oh. Um, and uh, and he would um, work on the strips there as well and mail them in, you know, and then wh- sometimes I wonder what goes through this guy's mind because he'd get bored and then come up with weird, weird things that n- clearly <laughs> you either can't release this or... We got to correct it. Uh, case in point, I had one strip that came that was really a scenario where uh, Garfield, uh, John, and Odie, the three central characters, sure. Joe Odie being the little dog, they all got caught up in a window shade. Okay, you're wondering how does one get caught in a window shade? I think All I remember the series. And yeah, they're wrapped exactly in it, one. and they're hopping down the street, and there's a little pole part for the shade that's kind of dangling out in the open, right about waist high. Yeah. Oh lord! Okay, in the groin region. In the groin region, or <laughs> something to that effect, and and uh, 
And so like hopping, down, you know, I'm cringing just because I have a vision yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. what I saw. And this woman, they come up to a woman with her daughter who's covering her mouth with this thing that was sort of dangling in that area. And they're asking, John is asking, can you uh, pull on this string thingy here? Yeah. And I remember like, exactly. Are you kidding me? And that's exactly what the editors said right, right. away. <laughs> I had to redraw stuff. I had to reword stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a copy of that. Yeah, of the, you do. Of maybe I, the original. You form. do. <laughs> I, I only remember you do because uh, I went through you. I asked the one day if um, I could see some of your illustration stuff and what you've done. And you pulled out this whole bag of stuff that was there. Yeah. And yeah. Th- that strip was one of them and i asked you about it i was like why do you have this and you're like oh i actually redid that one i was like this is a garfield strip like i had like i had no idea well it was uh it was obviously you know that in a nutshell tells you what i had to do and that sometimes Mm -hmm. challenged you um strips like um like peanuts can almost came in virtually perfect almost every it time. It seems oh, like right. Charles Schultz is one he of those illustrators his, that is just ready to go. Because almost. he had his own editing course yeah, sure. uh, out in uh, Sacramento when he, where he worked. That makes sense. And so Sparky, everyone knew him as Sparky. Yeah. Sparky strips hardly ever reached my my desk, but, okay. uh, but I did do things that actually helped him redesign the strip. Oh, cool. Um, which oh, no was way. something that um, he did. Uh, he wanted to add shading and tone to some of them. I helped him do that. Mm. Oh, um, wow. He had no idea, and people in his group didn't know what the options were, and I, I helped him with that. That's awesome. amazing. I actually did a color cover for him once, uh, which was, uh, you know, I, I don't know which book it was, and I recently... I think I ran across it. Yeah, but, uh, I remember to, you said you found it. But I, I did that, um, and so that was that was part of what I did. Now, I was also, during my time at United Media, I was also uh, creating my own, developing my own, my own comic strip. Yes. And it had a lot to do with space travel. And mm-hmm. the main um, characters would go out into space and... Um, shuttle missions had gotten longer and longer. Yeah. Right. One, two, three-year missions. So they're out on this three-year mission, and that was the basis of the strip. Right. And it was uh, um, Ace and Chaps, yeah, right? Yeah, Ace, Ace and Jimmy. Ace and, Ace and Jimmy? Jimmy, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ace, Ace and Jimmy. And, Jimmy. and uh, Jimmy being a chimp and uh, Ace being the astronaut. So... They, um, it was actually uh, interesting enough to for the company to offer me uh, a development contract. So meaning, you know, and it was you took it for what it meant. It would meant that when it was ready, right? They, I'd give them first shot. Mm-hmm. So they liked the concept, and so I thought, well, this is very cool, very promising, and so uh, I had it. Um, to I got to the point where. I was ready. It was going to be ready. I was probably going to uh, release it about, oh, which meant to them, about around April, uh, spring of 86, of 1986. Okay. Okay, it's uh, about the timeline. And, um, and in January of that year, Space Shuttle Challenger yeah. explodes. Yeah. And yeah. those 
poor seven souls were lost. Mm-hmm. Right? And what was also lost was my comic strip now. Because uh, even their best salesman told me, you know, I could still try to pitch it in about a couple months. You know, give it six months. We can pitch it. I said, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and yeah, so no it was way. a little discouraging. And I suddenly, and Jim Davis, by the way, had actually offered me a job at Pause, which would have meant moving to Indiana, no which way. I didn't take. You know, What a weird turn of events that would have wow. been in your life. Yeah, too. that would have been, I wouldn't Holy be here right now. No, not at all. But that... Um, but that was kind of a passing thing. I got the feeling he was offering that job to anyone he met. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think he offered it that day to a waitress at 7-Eleven. <laughs> 7-Eleven, I hope not. What kind of 7-Elevens are you going to in Manhattan? Yeah. Oh, my God. They were on roller skates back then. Oh, there you go. They came up to your window with your, with your whatever. But, <laughs> but the point is that I suddenly envisioned myself sitting there doing comic corrections for everyone else, you know, you know, forever. I also right. did every now and then did panels that I drew for and they were panels that went out to newspapers mm-hmm. for oh. different stuff. And it yeah. was stuff like, you know, the hottest place in the, the fun facts. And then you illustrate one of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like those things they would include in a, in a Sunday Sunday feature as a Sunday oh, feature. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I see. Um, like I, I remember one of them being the hottest place in uh, on Earth is the Sahara. So I put these two people on the beach, the Sahara, mm-hmm. right, the right. beach, and uh, they've got the blanket, and uh, one guy gets on a camel and he says. I'm going for drinks. I'll be back in two weeks, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Mm. Silly stuff like that. I love right, it. Right, yeah. Yeah, I could tell by the way you laughed. No, it's perfect. Like, that's that's exactly... No, it's great. No, listen, it's not funny, okay? It's just unfunny. But as I called it back then, I still call it unfunny. So but, um, but uh, you know, I had the whole time had been also doing freelance illustration. Mm-hmm. So I had been, um, you know, I, I would do my... Uh, my comic corrections nine to five and then okay. after five i'd pull out my freelance work right for whoever hired me little jobs that came by it came through to me which really only came back then by word of mouth mm-hmm. oh and yeah i would um work on those and okay. uh and so um one of those had uh, a, a couple of them had started to get recognized and one awards you know the industry yeah. has nice, awards yeah. and uh and that's how people get to know you art directors or people in the business of hiring you as a freelancer get to know these award winners and recognize them and then keep them in mind for work yeah mm-hmm. and uh and so i decided that if this wasn't going to work out i needed to just do freelance illustration full time mm-hmm. no, yeah. so so, and I happened to meet your lovely mom. And, Shout out uh, to mom. So I met your mother who worked at, uh, was hired at that, at the company. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, she worked for a production department. And, but she had a lot of interaction with my art department. Right, yeah. And so we got to know each other. We started dating. Flirting and a couple of years later, we were married. <laughs> and it's weird because, um, and we got married in 89. Mm-hmm. We got married, and then I quit my job, which is like the opposite of what, what you're supposed to do. Yeah. are supposed to do. <laughs> so married people, young married newlyweds, Dan, don't do that shit. Don't quit your Don't job, quit job right after you get married. I, I was really considering, are you sure I shouldn't do that? No, I think that maybe it's a risk you may not want to take. Okay. That's Congrats. Fair. Thank you. Also, I quit. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. And then the hopes that the phone would ring and then keep ringing. Right. And, uh, and it did. And I was actually busy awesome. and busier and busier. And, uh, yeah, um, awesome. To the point where I... You know, we needed to eventually, Dan, Dan is actually, was born in New York. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. Right? He is Mount a New Sinai York City Hospital. Baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we continued to live in Brooklyn for um, a couple years, and uh, space just got tighter, and I got a lot busier. I was very busy, and I was doing awards and stuff, and that I also started teaching for Airbrush Action magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not kidding. Who I started, um, who I discovered, I, I loved that magazine. It was There weren't too many magazines that catered airbrushers. Right? Oh, right. And this was the magazine, the, the one that you wanted. Right. And so I uh, wound up going to one of their workshops. Mm-hmm. Just because, still, even after all these years, I'd been asking myself if I if there's a better way to use this tool. Oh yeah. So if anyone would know, would be the folks at these workshops. Yeah. yeah. So I get there and I, I discover that I'm probably, you know, the most experienced, better than some of the teachers. Yeah. And and it was kind of interesting that way, and it didn't take long before. The owner of the magazine, who is now a good friend of mine, uh, Cliff Stieglitz, he uh, he asked me to come on board with them, mm. and so <laughs> I wound up uh, going with him and traveling with them occasionally to cities around the country and teaching. Oh, yeah, I remember when these workshops. And so wow. I, um, so and I was illustrating. I was really busy. Some mm-hmm. of the best illustrators that I. Um, uh, f- that I really admired, like Jerry LaFaro and Mark Fredrickson and um, uh, Thomas Blackshear, uh, just a few that had I, whose work I'd seen around were now right, yeah. were now people that I knew, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. and to this day uh, I'm very good friends with Mark Fredrickson, who is um, uh, had been doing up until recently. Uh, lots of covers for Mad Magazine. Yeah. Um, oh, and, wow. Uh, and he'd also, you know, been he works in a style that inspired me. And uh, if you look at my work, some of the work that I do can be very similar to his. Okay. And that's because he's the guy that lit a fire under me every day, <laughs> every time I looked at his work. You need Jerry LaFaro. Like Absolutely. The clouds that I paint I was gonna say. were from Jerry LaFaro. Jerry who lives out in New Hampshire, visited him a couple years back. Um, 
he inspired me mm-hmm. to paint clouds and those clouds that you grew up staring at on your ceiling so cool. in yes, your bedroom. For those who don't know, our dad in Dan's room had painted clouds on the ceiling and it was the coolest, coolest thing. thing. Yeah, in it was fact, so uh, cool. Mrs. Chilton, um, you know, uh, Abby and, and, and Allie's oh, mom, right? Yeah. They, were, they were just recently, last weekend, were over and uh, we went upstairs because there's a mess upstairs. And I'm showing them the bathroom oh, that's yeah. being renovated. <laughs> and they went right in there and she just started taking pictures of the ceiling. <laughs> she said, it's incredible. she remembered it and she it's just, so cool. she took advantage and just started shooting pictures. Well, right. I was doing, I was doing a show uh, virtually when I was still living at home and we had the cast party the one day and like I had my camera at an angle where you could see more of my room. Right. And, uh, Two of my uh, two of my coworkers looked at me. Go, do you have clouds painted on your ceiling? I was like, Yeah, my dad did those. And they were like, Get out of here! And like, I'm pretty sure they're doing it to the, their <laughs> son's room now because they saw yours and were yeah. so inspired by yeah. it that they wanted to. They they were like, That's like Andy's room in Toy Story. And I was like, Oh yeah, I never put it together like that, it's but it kind of is like, like Andy's yeah, room you know, in Toy that's Story. A good point. I never really picked that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I like never that. because it felt so separate always. Yeah. I never yeah. made always, that correlation. Yeah. But right. when they said that, I was like. Yeah, I guess that is a thing, huh? Like, that's that's a desirable trait to have in a child's room. You know, room. do you remember how long that took you? Uh, I imagine it must probably, have taken a little while, right? Uh, probably maybe a week or so. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. maybe a week. You know, it was just a matter of just painting the solid color blue that right. I chose. And um, it probably took longer for me to do the border. That oh, that went that around. wooden style border. Yeah, yeah. probably mm-hmm. that probably gnawed at me for a little bit. Okay, because um, I kind of trimmed the whole thing with that border. Yeah, but um, no, it was you know there's a certain there's a certain formula for painting clouds which Jerry, you know, thankfully taught me right uh, how to you know I wa- watching him when you watch another artist do their thing. And they do it really well. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what art we're talking about. Performing art, music, writing, you know, visual art, obviously. Yeah. But when you watch them, you watch them work and you you watch what it what their formula and you watch it take place, it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like watching your grandmother bake, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. she could give you the recipe, but don't tell me you can't learn more. From watching or do it, right? Than actually trying it yourself, exactly. just mm-hmm. right off the the recipe card. You know, mm-hmm. it's so it's easier to watch an artist's work and learn that way, um, which why which is why I try to demonstrate for students first mm-hmm. before they try anything, because there's a certain way of there's a certain touch, there's a certain way that you have to perform. Um, okay. Watching Jerry paint those clouds, that was just you know, I'm going to use a phrase that I've been criticizing lately because it's overused. Yeah. It was a game changer. <laughs> it is a game changer. <laughs> now I won't be able to look myself in the mirror. <laughs> you know, there's certain phrases that I'm just sick of, right? Game right. changer is one of them. Yeah, definitely. All right? There's the other one. It is what it is. Oh, I, see, we, you know say, what? we say that on we here all the time. I say, fuck you. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> Dad's right. going deep on the pod. Right, listen. No, Is it time to go? We're, we're almost <laughs> this, there. This party <laughs> just came to a screeching halt. I, um, it, before we got, before we do get out of here, uh, it, just to mention, too, it's come full circle now because you teach classes. I do teach oh, classes. Yeah. See, yeah. I got here, and we when we moved, I was busier than ever. I won... A, a lot of awards and stuff. It was really a, such a great feeling of understanding that the plan worked. And oh, yeah. we got here in 95 from Brooklyn. I didn't leave the house. I continued to be very busy. I don't think I left the house for five, seven years. Probably, yeah. If wow. FedEx was at the house every day. Every day. And wow. no one ever left the house. Your mother didn't have to work because right. I was always busy and, and money was coming in. And uh, and it was just one of those, you know, but then the industry changed. You know, I yeah, wondered yeah. what my neighbors were thinking. You know, they never leave the house. <laughs> They're from New York. You know, what's really and funny. FedEx is, is there every day. So so real. <laughs> what's going on? Real yeah. quick side note. You just reminded me. Kevin was talking to me yesterday or I saw him put something out about when he mixes his music. Mm-hmm. His ideal spot to, for any song to listen to is the car. So he, like, when he's in the process of making a beat and making a song, a lot of times he'll go out to the car and, like, plug and plug his phone in and be listening to it in the car to hear the levels of it. So he uh, tweeted yesterday That's about how, smart. like, he goes out there, like, ten times a day when he's mixing. He goes, my neighbors definitely think I am doing drugs in my car. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. But that is yeah, funny. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly, and, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's very smart. There mm. were days, and I was always running behind. I'll tell you, when we were in Brooklyn and I had deadlines, I was very aware of the latest that FedEx, the latest closings FedEx station <laughs> oh. in the entire <laughs> yeah. uh, New York City area. Yeah, and it was in in on in the uh, lower side of Manhattan, in the south side of Manhattan, and I would race well, when you're and you've probably heard the story. Your mother was like, "Do any day with you." <laughs> Okay, she when she was about eight to nine months pregnant, and I had this deadline. I couldn't leave her alone. I had mixed the. uh, I had already missed the pickup uh, deadline, right? Because there's a certain time that you had to call for uh, for them to pick up to schedule a pickup. I had already missed that, and I was about 15 minutes away from missing the uh, cutoff for FedEx, which was eight o'clock at night. And I, or it could have been nine, but it was, it was whatever it was, I had 15 minutes. Yeah. Right, and I had yeah. to go, and we had a car back then. We had this car that was, you know, reliable, thankfully, that night. Mm-hmm. Usually not any others. But it got me down there through the battery tunnel from Brooklyn into uh, the south end of Manhattan, you could see the Statue of Liberty. That's how close that FedEx station is, and it got me there in record time. And I would, I would get there. Wow. Probably, I would hand her the art, and I, t- I would tell her before you finish putting that tape on it, you know, blow on this part because it's still wet, you know, or something <laughs> like that. So she's like, I'm like driving, and she's blowing on it. 
Right. Which yeah, being nine months pregnant is probably good probably. anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so she gets. We get to the station, and if she didn't have that baby, then you know me flying down the street probably nearly getting ourselves killed um uh if she didn't have that baby then then you know nothing was getting me out yeah of um but it was uh it was great once we got here um how you know life was just good it was you know and i never really wanted to move here but we moved here because mm-hmm. i discovered how cheap life was yep. yeah that's a big difference oh that was huge a big one, once she told me you know, her mother, you know, your grandmother offered us the house, and I oh, used yeah. to tell her, no, that'll never happen. And then one day, it happened. Know, it happened. <laughs> you know, she told me the price, and I looked at my watch and said, if we hurry, we could catch the next flight. <laughs> exactly. And that was it. And we got here, and life is good. You know, right. I got to know uh, seven years after I got after I got here, I got started to get to know my neighbors. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that there were people, you know, that were that were other artists in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to the uh, Carnegie as our first neighbor as our uh, neighborhood um, art center, mm-hmm. which oh, is, to this yeah. day is a very important part of our of our lives here now. And, very much um, so. And so is, there's a, a real thriving artist community here that uh, doesn't just obviously involve visual arts, but you know, right. you guys as actors. Oh, it's a know beautiful art community. It's in a Buffalo. thriving art community of very, very talented people here, yeah. and uh, very loving and caring people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I couldn't um, agree more. And so it's uh, you know it's something that you know when I get back to New York now. You know, a place that I thought I'd never leave. Mm-hmm. I get there, and if I have pizza, which I do miss every day, Lenny's. oh yeah, um, and uh, and I, and I've seen my family because um, I'm the only one that left that area from my family. Right, I see them. I've eaten pizza. I'm ready to come back home. That's day one. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's day one. Oh no, I got four more days. <laughs> right, but yeah. that's how it is now i feel like this is truly home now and uh, in a few years i'd uh, i'd be here more than i was in new york yeah so wow it's yeah. kind of uh kind of strange that way it is but um but yeah and i still sound like a new yorker yeah you <laughs> so, do it you, you do, do in a sense yeah. for sure Depends on who I'm on the phone with, too. Yeah, (laughs) that's true, too. Uh, Because your mother can always tell who I've, you know, if I've been on the phone with someone local or someone from back home. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like Andy, of course. Like Andy and I, yeah, I can get into it, especially because Andy and I will have, like, Skype bourbon shots. I love it. Yeah. Which is is so much fun. And by the time... uh, by the time a couple hours have gone by, we're pretty shit faced. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I know you just saw me glance over at the liquor. Yeah, I'm, thinking it I'm might looking be... at your little liquor. You know, this is a very cool room. Yeah, it's it's awesome. a cool studio, it's right? A very it cool room, it's and awesome. it's got uh, lots of. It's got stuff that will inspire you to talk about. Yeah, you know? for yeah. sure, for sure. So Absolutely. it's um, very neat, man. Yeah. Um, before we go to, I just want to make sure we're, you're promoted. If people are looking for your artwork or if they're looking to take classes from you, where can they find uh, you? Website, well, social media? Yeah, well, thank you. I, 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 have, uh, I do have a website. Uh, I'm on 
social media. Uh, Torresart.com is mm-hmm. the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-O-R-R-E-S art. And um, Torres Art Studio on Instagram. I do have a couple pages on Facebook. And I don't do a whole lot of socializing. Mm. I, I kind of just post stuff. And um, I do that on... I do have a business Facebook page and then my my own personal Facebook page where I can mm-hmm. post things, fun things, commentary things. Right. Uh, but I also post my artwork. Uh, in a couple of days, I'll be posting some of my new posters. Excellent. Um, so that'll be kind of fun to um, see the reaction to because I do watch and pay attention to reaction I get because oh, um, yeah. I take that seriously. You know, uh, my wife for years has been the only one that I – Show stuff, dude. Does this look like Will Smith? <laughs> no, it looks no, exactly like him. No, yeah. No, it looks a little bit like uh, uh, the other guy, Lawrence. What's his name? Oh my you God! Know? <laughs> no, it's Will Smith. The trust. Come on, really? Does it? And uh, so you know, she has an objective view, which I <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. I really appreciate and respect. But um, but you know, I also know when she's wrong yeah, yeah fair, fair enough so, <laughs> um, but you know it, i do the point is i do listen to comments i do take the criticism which i need to become better because i'm still learning every yeah. day every, oh yeah every time i teach mm-hmm. i learn something from what i'm teaching i learn from my students because oh, yeah. i gauge reaction to things mm-hmm. and I, I alter the way I teach sometimes because of the reaction I get to certain methods of teaching mm-hmm. okay and you need to really pay attention to that if you want to be a decent teacher absolutely you know mm-hmm. yeah so um, that's something really important to me so yeah if you check it out and give it a like that's I appreciate that yeah but, um, especially if you're in the Buffalo area with bill season coming up I'm sure you're going to be doing more prints and different ones too with different yeah players I'll, I'll uh, well obviously there's a new cast of characters so oh, you yeah, know yeah. I will probably I'll probably do a new version of jacked up Josh Allen yeah <laughs> and uh, maybe somersaulting over another player I Ooh, don't that'd know be cool but I'll I'll be I'll be working on new stuff, which yeah. I try to do all the time. You'll have to yeah. throw Von Miller in the mix this season. He's going to be a hot item this year. He's our. Um, I don't know if you've seen anything about him. He we added him to our defense. He's coming from the Rams. He's yes, fantastic. I do. I, yeah. I, I I did notice that, and um, there's a lot of excitement over that. Absolutely. Know, so. um, well, I I'm saying this genuinely, and not just because um, of our familial ties. But you've been one of the best guests we've had on here. Just it's been so yeah, easy. Serious. Natural to just go yeah, through this episode, is. so we're so happy you came on. Well, and this yeah. is fun. I'm, you know, and well, listen, I, 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 I really admire what you guys are doing. Thank you. Uh, well, this is a great thing that is good for, uh, for, for not just. Um, you know your your listeners and and fun it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. but it's oh, yeah. great for you guys yeah too. absolutely it's a, it's a great way to bond it's a mm-hmm. great way to continue to bond mm-hmm. not that you don't have a bond to begin with but you no, know yeah. i i do miss your brother you know yeah. we talk about him almost day. every I wish episode john you know we love you and we yeah. always miss you every day yeah man absolutely. and so there's so many stories that we could tell about each of you and uh, and so many more that I could tell about John. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But 
you know, but I think it's a, a great thing you guys are doing, and and I'm I'm grateful for the invitation. Yeah, of course. Well, we're grateful you came on, and now that you said that too, maybe when he comes home this summer, we'll have to have an episode where the four of us sit down and we just kind of we that, go for round two of this. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome <laughs> back anytime. Awesome. Um, on Thank my you. own personal note. Average Ordinary Pod on all social medias. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at DTZ610. You can find me on Instagram as Danny underscore Felix underscore one. Um, you can listen to Ben every Wednesday on what's going on with Tyler. Yes. Um, this week, you may have a certain someone on to fill in as your co- someone, uh, co-host. I, I yeah, what few, is going on with ideas. Tyler anyway? <laughs> 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 that's true. Yeah, that's the whole episode is them just dissecting each other. Back <laughs> what on earth is going on with Tom? Oh, man. Dad, we love you. We love having you. Yeah, I love well, you, thank, you. Um, thank you, Thank you guys, too, on. very much. Ben, we will end the episode the way we always do with a one, two, three. See ya. See ya.